0: You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to do an episode called Why Not Me? Why Not Me? There are a lot of things that people do, and they come up with excuses, and they say, they say, why me? Why? Why would they choose me? That's doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't choose me either. Why, why not switch that up and say, why not me? If they're going to pick that guy to be manager, then why not me? I think that I would be a significantly better manager. If they're going to pick that person to do this, then why, why wouldn't they pick me? And so I, I tend to say, why not me, a lot. And I've learned, as I continue to say, why not me, that when I find things that I really want to do and I really want to accomplish, I tend to say, why not me a whole lot more than I used to? But why not me is not limited. It doesn't stop and say, okay, well, why not me? And then I sit around and wait for somebody to figure out why they're not picking me. Usually... um, It comes with a great deal of focus and a great deal of work, and then a drive to accomplish all those things that I say, why not me about. In the past 21 years of being in the fitness industry, I've worn many hats, and I think I've done a lot of stuff, and what shows that I've done a lot of stuff is I make a list of what I said, why not me about, and then that list got to be pretty, pretty long, and so initially, it was like, why not me? Because when I wanted to become a personal trainer in early 2002, I was going around to gyms in New York City, and people weren't hiring me. And I knew why not me. I knew that I went to, to World Gym and Dolphin Gym and some of these big, wonderful meathead gyms, and there was a very clear reason why they were going to hire me at... You know, five eight. I'm tapping on the door, five nine. But unless my arches, you know, my arches didn't collapse, and if I still had cartilage in my knees, then I, I'd probably be five nine. And 145 pounds, 150 pounds at the time. Not jacked. I mean, I was in good shape. Not jacked. They're not going to hire me. But why not me? And I kept looking <clears throat> and I started as a personal trainer in February of 2002. And then I progressed tears pretty quickly. Why? Because I wanted to prove that I was good enough. So I did, and I got more education. And so that the education that was hard to come by and hard learned, I was really focused because I wanted to get to that next level of training. I wanted to be a good trainer. I wanted my little Napoleon complex. I may not be a big guy, but I'm a smart guy, and I'm a good trainer, and let me work on that. And then, I don't know, like a lot of people, I got talked in, because I was a good trainer, then they they talked me into going into management. So I began management, I was a good manager. I was a good manager. Uh, and then I started teaching exercise science for the incoming personal trainers, that, my friends, that, I loved that. I loved a lot of my job, but my goodness, teaching the exercise science part was fantastic for me. Then I changed companies and I changed businesses and I went back to management and moved from New York City to, to Miami and then realized... That I didn't like Miami, so I moved back to New York City and instead of going back to management, I started teaching and training again. And then I started working independently at a sports performance facility. Uh, I got connected with friends and started training a few of that person's celebrity clients and a few of their their professional athletes. And then I turned down a European tour with a huge artist to Go interview for a small little fitness company called the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and uh, and I'm thankful to this day that I turned that down. But when I first thought about sending in an application to NASM, all I kept saying to myself was, "Why me? Why me? Why would they choose me? Why I, I'm not good enough? I'm not smart enough? I'm all the not." And then I was like, "Yeah, it doesn't hurt." to try. I mean there are a lot of why not me's but but when I decided to apply for NASM to to become one of their instructors that was it wasn't a why not me for sure. That was one of those it doesn't hurt to try. So I did. But some people think it hurts to try because at the end of trying the answer might be no. We're not interested. And, you know, Wayne Gretzky is very famous for the quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so sometimes you just got to take shots. And, you know, applying for NASM was one of those shots that I had taken. And it turned down a pretty lucrative thing in my, uh, in our world, in the fitness world, to to go on tour with uh, a big artist in, throughout Europe. And I was like, "Mm." and so I told my friend who was getting me the gig and he said, uh, he goes, don't do the tour. Just go to NASM. You've got the rest of your career to work with celebrity clients if you want to, but you probably won't get this chance with NASM again. Oh my goodness. I needed that. I needed him. I needed that person to be that person at that time. Well... I applied for NASM and I was like, well, I might as well apply for this master's degree program. And this was in 2006. So I started in 2002. A lot of things happened. That was all in a four year period. And I started training at a high end residential gym in New York City. And I got my first taste of what I considered at that time to be really good training money because somebody else saw me teaching and said, why not him? if we're going to get some of the best trainers in here, then somebody for the first time said, if we're going to get the best trainers and that guy is teaching these personal trainers to be personal trainers, why don't we get the best guy in the business if you're teaching everybody else? Let's get him. That made me feel so good. So at one point, I was the person that was why not him? I am not saying this to be cocky and I know it can really come off that way, but the point is, why not you? I mean, I want this for you. And then I applied for my master's degree program, and I got in, and that shocked me. I was shocked. I didn't have great undergraduate grades, but I had a lot of experience in my short time, uh, my four years as a personal trainer. So I started doing that, began working independently, And, you know, being an independent trainer was the best money, but it was very inconsistent money. And I decided at that point I wanted to go back to school to become a massage therapist. So I went back to school, got a bachelor's degree, got a master's degree, went back for an associate's degree in occupational sciences, which is what it is in New York State. That allows you to get your massage therapy. So I studied massage therapy. That's just the name of the degree. But the outcome is you can go and become a massage therapist and sit for the state licensing exam. And so I became a massage therapist. All right. And that was in 2010. And then that started to really apply for speaking gigs, usually through NASM. conferences and started developing my own workshops and teaching exercise science workshops so that trainers could earn CECs. And, you know, I made extra money from that. And the, the point is, why not you, right? Do you want to teach exercise science? Do you have something that you're good at, that you're part in the fitness industry, that you feel strong about, some type of movement, lifts, you know, kettlebells? Uh, barbell, spotting techniques, things that you feel might be underserved in the fitness industry, but it is a focus of yours, why not you? Why not you? I started to do it. You know, teaching exercise science programs and partner-assisted stretching, which was kind of my main thing. It's the one that I still do to this day. I have a lot of other things that are on my plate, but I still love doing that partner-assisted stretching workshop it's one of my favorite things to do. And then after those CECs that I developed, I started traveling with a guy. For 3 years, that's what I did. I worked with one person for 3 years. That was a that was a great gig except for it took me away from my family. Um, But it also opened up my time, and I had a lot of time to do adjunct work as a university professor for an online program. So I did years of adjunct work as a professor in exercise science. And after I finished the tour, I saved up money, but not enough money to open my first gym. So I was able to get an SBA loan and began my very first training studio in 2014. 2014. Uh, A few years later, I opened a second gym. My first opportunity to write a textbook came around. And I immediately was like, you got the wrong guy. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And And then I was like, yes, you are. You've done so much. Studying is something that you do. work at reading and developing content and presenting that to people. Now you can do that and write it down and put it in a textbook. And ASM gave me my first opportunity to do that. And I've worked on several books, uh, written chapters in several books and programs for them since then. It's been wonderful. uh, And then I started adjunct at another college and their personal training program in New York City. And I just felt like I needed to do more. I wanted more opportunities. And how else could I create that? There was a doctoral program that I wanted to enroll in. So in 2016, I enrolled in a doctoral program. And uh, it was a doctorate in exercise science. I'm uh, sorry, a doctorate in health science with a focus on uh, exercise and leadership. And those were amazing for me. I got a lot out of that. Um, and then I started doing, because I had some some athletes that I was training, uh, really high-end athletes, uh, they had access to some amazing recovery things that I had never heard of up until that point. And to me, I was like, if I wanna do these things, I'm sure other people wanna do these things. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna open a recovery studio. And that way, I can do these things, but all the other people who want to do these things can do these things too. But I didn't have the money. So I sold part of my gym, the first one. So just an individual location, sold part of it. And then how, how do I raise the money? I don't have enough money. We talk about like, why not me? This is another example of like, how am I going to, I don't have the money to do this project. So it wasn't why not me? This is This is why, what's keeping me from finding the money? And what was keeping me from finding the money was I didn't feel comfortable asking people for money. But it wasn't like they were getting nothing in return. They were getting ownership in a new business and a new concept that had zero, zero proof of concept. (laughs) There was zero proof of concept. Nobody had ever done it before. And so it was hard to raise money for something that has zero proof of concept. But eventually, we did raise money, and we opened the world's first recovery studio uh, here in New York City on uh, 30th and 7th, right down the block from Madison Square Garden. And that was a big deal. We raised money, and we funded it. And while I started doing that, I started a podcast with a company called Everlast If you're a boxing fan, you're definitely familiar with Everlast. So my business partner from Recover and I at the time, we started this podcast with Everlast and we were like the fitness podcast. And then things are going great. Opened third gym. Developed an offshoot of the recovery studio for events and corporate wellness. I finished my doctoral program in 2018. I partnered to open a fourth gym. We started a NASM CPT podcast, which has since won two very reputable awards and then um covet happened and that hurt that hurt a lot i'm going to tell you like that's uh during covet i i did a lot of unreleased anatomy videos i went back and watched some of them they're really good uh but i haven't done anything with them they're sitting on my computer saved in some weird Camtasia file, so it's not just easy for me to upload them into YouTube. So they just kind of sit on my computer somewhere. I wrote a type 2 diabetes fitness specialist course for the MedFit Education Network. I closed the recovery business because of COVID. Almost closed two more gyms. Negotiated new leases to salvage those gyms, but the landlord from the recovery studio did not negotiate with me, so we had to close the business. Hmm. And then we I heard this word a lot during COVID the word pivot pivot was a aside from COVID it was probably the the biggest word of the year in 2019 and 2020. So we pivoted and we became an events company uh for the corporate well and corporate wellness company for the recovery business and now we set up stuff all over the country. In fact This week, we'll be in Sunnyvale, California, doing something there. We we are based in New York City. They asked, you're based in New York. Can you come to California? And we said, why not? We're not going to make any money on that. But what we are going to do is start to build, continue to build our network. I won the Idea Personal Trainer of the Year Award. Awesome. Opened a fifth gym. Started an exploratory company for independent trainers to have portable fitness equipment and accessories. Putting out um, feelers on my uh, exercise science book. That takes us to where we are right now. Where we are right now is um, is why not me? Why not? And And here's the thing. When you are around people that are successful, a lot of times you feel like you're not successful enough. When you're around peers that are all completely fine with where they are, we tend to be completely fine with where we are. I'm going to say try to find. If you want more, there's no reason for you to not have more. Why not you? Now, I'm not saying go out and open a, a a business or open a gym without doing any planning. Don't think that all of this list of things that I just put out there that wasn't due to lack of planning and just absolute circumstance. There's a lot of work, there's a lot of privilege that came along with that. A lot of work led to other work. A lot of once the ball gets rolling, it is easier to push it. Without a doubt. And sometimes pushing that boulder feels like it's going up a hill and it's just going to tumble down on top of it, it feels like that still it still feels like that but I'm tell you something I told my wife if we lost everything tomorrow everything's gone business is gone things failed it's just the wheels came off the bus it was a good ride it was a really good ride. I'm very proud of what I've done. And, you know, I hopefully I've set myself up that if it all fell apart, then I have a good background to feel confident that I can build something back up again. I know other people are doing it. So why not? me. And with that said, why not you? Why not you? You believe in you. You can get other people to believe in you, but you can't get other people to believe in you if you keep your mouth closed. You got to talk to people. You got to get people to buy in. Be want to be a part of what your ideas are, what your thoughts are. You have to share them because you love them and you're passionate about it. And you write it down and you can show it off. Not just blabbing ideas. I've had a friend for decades that has blabbered off amazing, wonderful ideas, concepts, script ideas. I'm going to do a movie. I'm going to write this. I'm going to do that. He's he's brilliant at conceiving these ideas. If only he would. Write it down and do something with it. You've had a lot of great ideas, I'm sure. What are you doing with it? It's not about just putting it out there and telling people about it. And you got to be careful because you just throw it out there so other people are going to take it and run. I threw out an idea uh, years ago when I was on set um, as a trainer for X-Men First Class. And while I was there, I'm coming up with all these ideas I want to create a dumbbell that converts into a kettlebell. And I went onto a forum of a bunch of mechanists and designers and things like that, telling them what I wanted just so I could see if somebody was interested in developing it for me. And somebody DM'd me and was like, "Uh, is did you, these ideas that you're putting out there, did you copyright them? Because if you didn't, you just gave your idea to a lot of people who can take it and run. And I was like, Oh my goodness. That's a bad move. That was a bad move, and I'm glad somebody took it out there and ran, um, and good for them. But what's good for you? You can do it. I believe in you, because you inspire your clients. You're out there doing your thing, and I'm I'm going to ask you to continue doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring people to fitness, but inspire yourself. Again, I'm not putting this stuff there. There's a lot of people who've accomplished so much more than me that I maybe I can be more like them. But me putting this out there is to not be more like me. It's to be more like the version of you that you want to be that you don't believe you can be until you say the words, why not me, and drive yourself. Do it. Do it. Do what you want to do. This fitness industry is a great industry to be in. I'm happy. I've been loving it. But it only works for you when you work for yourself. You are the one that's going to have to drive it forward. Y'all, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. Leave a review. You get an opportunity to do that. It's greatly appreciated. You want to reach out to me, you can do so. Hit me up at dr.rickritchie on Instagram and or threads. And you can email me rip.richie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.